From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm Tammy Katzoff, and in each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Larry Carney, class of 1999, senior assignment editor at WTTG-TV in Washington, D.C. As I do with all of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Larry became interested in his occupation. I think I've always been interested in news, even from the time that I was a a child. I just, I like hearing people's stories. I I consider doing this one of the greatest things because you, you get to talk to people. I say all the time, the people who are the best stories are sometimes the weakest people in life. We talk all the time to people who are struggling, who just lost someone, who are living with something, who are just struggling to get by, and their words if we tell the stories correctly, are very powerful and do create change. So were you already involved in broadcasting at Muhlenberg? I was the editor-in-chief of the Weekly. Uh And um, one of my great friends, who was also a Muhlenberg graduate, Kevin Gibney, we were, it was parents weekend. And I was talking with him and his father. And I was telling him that I was interested in news and I wanted to be in news. And he said, well, I am the chief financial officer of a company that owns the Bergen Record and three TV stations. Then I ended up becoming an intern at one of his TV stations in my second semester uh, of my senior year at Muhlenberg. And I started working there full time a week after graduation. And you've been in it ever since? Ever since. In the biz? In the biz. I started living in Binghamton, New York. I've been in Harrisburg. I have been in Fort Myers, Florida. I've been in Baltimore. I've been in Washington, D.C. twice. So it's been great. Pre-pandemic. Yes. If you if you had a typical day, what was that like? And now how has your job, how has your daily job changed since that all started? So as senior assignment editor, what I really do is we take all the information coming into the newsroom, whether it be from the government, from viewers, tips. Um, sources that we have. We research the stories to see if they're true. We vet them, flush them out, then assign them to um, reporters and photographers or decide on how we can cover a story or whether it's even newsworthy. And so that's what I really did. My My job really has not changed that much. It's just more intense. It is very intense right now. People are scared. So we're getting a lot of tip calls. I get a lot of calls about nursing homes, about fire stations, any place where people are still gathering closely. There is a major fear of the virus. And we try to figure out whether it's rumor or fact. A a lot of the calls that we get are, are really rumor. They think that one person got is sick and they think that just because that person is sick, that they have COVID-19. And that's not necessarily the case, but people are very scared right now. So there's a lot of vetting that sort of happens there. And we really work a lot with the government trying to figure out how they're going to make announcements, when they're going to make announcements and what they really mean. I think the one unique thing about covering COVID-19 is that the information is constantly changing. Mm. The scientists are, are changing what they know about it. And things that we were told in the beginning have changed and things that we're learning now are, are, are going to change. To me, that is one of the most important parts of what we do 
is to relay and to emphasize the changing information. I mean, we went from three weeks ago saying that we shouldn't be wearing face masks in grocery stores to now everybody has to wear them. But it's just a rapid shift. And it's because people are learning more about this. And what we do is relay it to the public to really help in flattening that curve and making a difference in, in the community. Obviously, so many industries have been hit really hard with this pandemic. Obviously, media is, is one of them. Have there had to be any changes in, in your office? We were really not set up to work remotely. Crews, we always had to come into the station. It was really a, a meeting place. But now we've really learned that we can do this the way we're having this podcast right now. I'm on a Zoom meeting the entire time that I'm working. We have a morning editorial Zoom meeting, and then we just go to the general Zoom. And then if something happens, uh, the DC mayor is going to hold a news conference where she's going to announce this. We just get on that Zoom where everybody else is, and we communicate that way. Instead mm-hmm. of yelling it out in the newsroom, we yell it out on a Zoom call. So I feel like now more than ever, there's been an intense scrutiny on media and news and journalism in particular. What are your thoughts on, on that? The research will show that people really do trust local news. They are the number one trusted news source. So mm. I do feel very good at that. That does give me a lot of comfort. And we try really hard to tell people stories. I think what happens when people talk about media in general, they talk about the cable news networks, the talking heads, people who are out there with motivation. And I feel like those are two separate things, but I understand why they're clumped together. I think people have a real tough time being able to discern the difference between the two. If you ask people, describe your relationship with our TV station, people, it's very strong. But when you say media in general, it becomes a different thing. Mm, I get that. Okay. What do you like most about your job and what do you not like so much about your job? What I like about my job is it's different every day. We are telling stories that that you, when you walk in that day, you have no idea. It's something always different. And that's what makes news news. Anything that's unique is newsworthy. So we look for unique stories. I think the big thing for us is the future is very scary. You know, this past month has been a reversal of really where things have gone. People are watching and consuming more local news now than they probably have in the last 10, 20 years. Mm. Um, They're just consuming a lot of it. But the trend for a long time was a downward one. People were not consuming local news as much. And the business was really struggling. Jobs were being lost. So I think that those are the two things that we're sort of juggling at the same time. Putting pandemic aside, what big changes have you seen in your experience since you started? And what big changes do you foresee in the future? Uh, When I first started, broadcast was paramount. It was all about the television product. And that rapidly changed over the course of of the time that I've been in this business. Digital is now more important. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're on, if there's a newscast on air, you can still be breaking stories, creating a relationship. I think the big thing as far as this business goes will be the decision about how to monetize digital advertising. Right now, it's easy to monetize TV commercials. There's a set rating, you can pay for them. I think the question is about 
whether people are going to be willing to pay for a digital product, a subscription. Um, the New York Times is very successful at doing it. But really outside of the New York Times, everybody else is, is struggling with it. What are some of the big challenges that you think that your station is going to have to face in the future? What, what do you need to be ready for? I mean, I think that what we really try to do is stay into the conversation. Our leadership always asks when we see a story, what is the viewer saying at home? What does the viewer want to know? If you can answer the questions that people at home are asking when they see something that doesn't quite make sense, if you're answering those questions, then I think you're really relevant. You stay relevant. Um, You really have to get the viewers and the people that you serve something that they're not getting anywhere else, that they're not getting on social media. There are questions about whether how much breaking news really is relevant now. A car fire, a house fire, does that really, what does that actually mean to your life? It means something if you live next door, but it doesn't mean much if you live three miles away. We really try to focus on the stories that people are talking about. So you're dealing with a lot of intense emotional subject matter on your job. How do you manage to separate that from your life um, so that you're not consumed by it all the time? I will say this, as an industry, this is one area that is really getting more attention and really probably started a couple years ago. I don't think people really looked at the emotional toll covering events like this or any event uh, has on journalists. You're You're really telling a lot of people sad stories. One thing that we do here is that each group, reporters, photographers, producers, we meet with our management just to talk about what it's like um, once a week. And we really started that a couple weeks ago when this whole thing really started, because I think there was a major concern that people were going to were going to struggle with this. One thing that I really try to do is discipline myself and have unplugged time. Mm. My job really requires me to be intensely plugged in to all of this for hours a week, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. But I have to set aside a time where I go dark. I don't listen to it. I turn off Twitter notifications. I put the phone down. You are now senior assignment editor, right? So can you take us through the typical pathway to get to where you are now? Like just the typical job steps. So I'll say this, I have done pretty much everything in this business. I was a producer. I created stuff. I mean, I I created a morning newscast from scratch in Baltimore. That was really um, the first big job that I had. Then I went into management. I went into digital and I was an executive producer of digital. So I really kind of learned that side of it. And I thought that that was just a great experience to have. And then while I was there, the company had a very intense, they wanted to start concentrating on investigative journalism. They felt like investigating was where the, we were going to make a difference. And, and, and there's still a lot of that, that that happens today. So I led an investigative unit. And to me, that was also interesting because you learned how to do a, a whole bunch of things and learn things and get public documents. So that was great. And then I went into news management and I taught a lot of newbies right out of college. We were given kids who were right out of college who had only internship experience and made them professionals. And then I came here and I feel like a lot of those skills that I have are very helpful in what I do today. I can investigate something that's breaking. You know, I know that when a plane crashes, I know how to figure out 
who owns the plane, where did it come from, where was it taking off, those sort of things. That came from my investigative background. I went to a whole bunch of training camps and conferences to learn how to do those sort of things. So those sort of things really help in what I do. And I think that this part of the job is really the most fun. It's like solving an equation every single day. Um, When a news story happens, we find you. A lot of times we will find people before the police do. And that's just the way it happens. But it's it's just Mm -hmm. a fun aspect of, of, of what we do. For our Muhlenberg students or anyone else who is thinking of going into the type of work that you do, what words of wisdom would you have for them? What do you know now that you might not have known then that's important for them to know any guidance that you could give these young people? I think the biggest guidance is, is you, you're going to have to be flexible. I think one of the advantages of a liberal arts education in this field is that you can do a whole bunch of things. I've produced, I've managed, I've investigated. Be flexible. Think about different things that you can do. Pay attention in media law class. I will say I use that information daily. That was the one class that I really daily will look back at that class and think, I really learned a lot in that one. I also learned a lot in media and research. Researching is, it's key. It helps with every story that you tell. The more that you know, the better off you're going to be. And even if you don't know it, there's ways to learn it. Read up, figure it out. Uh, And that's really what the fun and the challenging thing about being in journalism today is that there's a lot of figuring stuff out. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by me, Tammy Katzoff, Associate Director of the Muhlenberg College Career Center. It was recorded remotely and engineered by Paul Kremposky at the studios of WMUH, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.